Welcome back, everybody, to the best podcast coming to you from the state of Ohio. Maybe. Probably not. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> it's definitely the favorite podcast in our friend group. Absolutely. <laughs> That's without a doubt. <laughs> that is like 80% without a doubt. <laughs> um, welcome back. Guys, this is Blake and Dan Fix the World. I'm Blake. That makes him Dan. By process of elimination, yes, it does. <laughs> it's not that hard to figure out. If I'm Blake, he's Dan. I don't know, man. I, I am not going to overassume anyone's math skills, you know. I mean, I've seen the kind of politicians we have running the world. So last I'm Blake, I and that's is... Frank. <laughs> yeah, ever make but this is Blake and Dan Fixes the World. So you're Blake. So that means this guy must be... Oh, hold on. This is confusing. That's Blake, and this is... uh, Pam? I I don't know. Recount. uh, 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 Fraud. Rigged. (laughs) It was rigged. The question was rigged. (laughs) They didn't didn't let me have my extra time. I have a a thing for that. (laughs) I got an extra 30 minutes. I've got an IEP. Yeah. So, this episode of the podcast is why you know blake's a stupid doo-doo head and and dan's an idiot yeah and i don't like the down. clothes he wears well, i'm gonna push him down and i'm gonna take his lunch money uh, even though i've never seen that happen in real life before and then i'm gonna conveniently always be wearing a leather jacket and be hanging out in front of lockers even though i obviously have classes of my own and there's a dress code you don't have to go to classes. Well, I'm just speaking specifically about all the stereotypes, stereotypes you always saw. Like, remember, like '90s and 2000s anti-bullying PSAs. There was always some dude who had a mohawk, who conveniently is wearing a leather jacket, always sitting outside of class, like against the locker. And I'm like, no, no, nobody, no teachers are saying saying anything to Philip over there. No one said anything to him. He just like. He can just, you know, do all of that outside of class. That's 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 how this narrative goes. Uh, so, yeah, that was uh, that was my uh, odd segue. Oh, by the way, is Blake now fix the world, fix computers, now watch it fix the world. Anyway, odd segue into us talking about bullying. Bullying, man. Your favorite yeah. way to pass the time oh, if you're yeah. a douchebag. Right. I think there's a there's a stereotype that you know bullying is only this thing that happens to when you're a kid, and that's not true at all. Um, it may not be as open and aggressive as an adult than when you were a kid, at least not in most companies, but it most definitely happens to adults on a daily basis, just in a slightly different form. Bullying as an adult is more just like something you put up with. You're like, ugh. I mean, and it uh, shouldn't be that way, you know? But yeah. Like, there, there's definitely... Like, I wish this person would stop, but like, well, I don't want to say anything. Some adult bullying that's much more in line with harassment. Um, well, that's completely different. Bullying is one thing. Like, harassment is, like, illegal. Well, I don't necessarily mean sexual, but... Well, that definitely is illegal, but like, I just, 
I guess bullying is her is what they cover in harassment policies. Yeah, yeah. It's just you as a kid, and we I we have our reasons and theories as to why. But as a kid, you know, I always like summarize it by saying they don't know how to be people yet. So like their underst their brains are not developed. You know, sometimes there's some weak empathy and sympathy signals there that hopefully get stronger as you get older. Not a, not a scientist. I hope so. Um, but the big thing is they don't know how to be people yet. And correct me if you think I'm wrong, but it's like a lot of like caveman tribalism shit that happens when you're a kid. It's like, it's like, well, kids pick on Kids pick on each other for being different. Cause when you're a kid, all you want to do is fit in. Right. But all those things you get picked on for as being as a kid, are really the things that make you unique, which is what you want as an adult. Right. But there's very little room for, you know, having an identity when you're a kid. It's, yeah. it's, it's the collective mentality of this is our group. You know, you don't really start to explore who you are until you become, you know, your teens and even like early 20s. So that's like when you really start to form who your your identity of a person as a person. I feel like most people start to form their identity, like solidify their identity in well you start to form your identity a lot in college because it's when you know uniqueness and individual ideals are more promoted in a good way and um uh, encouraged as opposed to everybody having the right answer and the same answer as mm -hmm. it kind of feels like in high school I mean, even just tests in high school. I mean, like the standardized tests are mostly multiple choice and there's only one answer. So it's like it's not like you get to be yourself. I don't disagree. I will say I think that you start to experiment with stuff when you are in high school and you really start to solidify it when you are uh, in college and early adult, like you start to experiment with like, this is, let me listen to this kind of music. Let me dress my hair this kind of way. Let me wear weird hats to school. That was me. Uh, <laughs> and you really start to like, kind of like, fortify this into, this is how I am as a working adult around like your, the end of your early twenties. Like I'd say like Dan Rogers, who he is today that sounds weird saying in the first person like that, but like me as I am now was like crystallized by like 25, 25, 26. Like once I knew how to date, <laughs> like once I knew how to date and not be creepy on a date and like, Oh, okay. This is how this is like overstepping boundaries. This is what annoys people. Like, yeah. Once I could, you know, get laid then then it was like all right i think i figured out like who i am and how to be that guy and like in a way we'll that makes friends and and acquaintances and relationships we'll come back to the boundary things later when we talk about if the ways to fix this i love how boundaries is like our way to fix everything <laughs> I, I love how uh, for a boundaries second, are scared. important <laughs> I got scared because I thought you were going to say, we're, we're going to come back to, you know, Dan getting laid. I'm like, wait, hold on. Like, uh, we're going to come back to that. We're going to come back to that. We'll record an episode when uh, it happens again. Uh, <laughs> Look, all right. COVID's a thing. All right. Some of us take it seriously. Screw me. Uh, all right. No, but the second, my second thought of what I was saying is like a lot of people 
solidify who they are in college, I think. Like, I guess you kind of figure out stuff you like in in high school, but it's hard because you feel like you can't do anything without people judging you in high school mm-hmm. or whatever, or at least. I mean, even I, I felt like I, I did whatever I wanted in high school and I still felt like I got judged for what I was in. But the my second thing is, is I'm a big believer in everybody changes. Like, I don't believe the same things I believed two years ago. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you're co- people are constantly evolving. Um, their personality, their their beliefs are always they should always be constantly evolving and they do. But you definitely can solidify what you find important in those early 20s and late teenage years. So I have some notes here, you know, on like, what are some things that make people make people bully? Well, Um, why don't we go with the definition of bullying first? I have it up here Uh, in 2014, apparently. I didn't know this, but the Center of Disease Control and the Department of Education released a first or the first federal definition of bullying. So there's actually a federal definition of bullying out there. Just in case you guys were all curious, it is unwanted aggressive behavior observed or perceived powers imbalances or repetition or high likelihood of repetition of bullying behaviors is the definition of bullying. Um, so most of us probably first encountered bullying or being bullied when you were a child. I know it happened to me a lot. Like, it's funny you say how people change because I've talked to like, like, well, I would say I talked to therapists. I talked to my ex who was a therapist. <laughs> like, So about <laughs> about this. So I guess that counts. Um, like, it kind of counts, right? Like I, I was telling her like, hey, you know, I... I'm not, I, I, it hits, it's hit me before many times. Like I'm not over it. Like I'm still, I still catch myself as an adult. Um, so, okay. And not trying to make this entire podcast about me. This is not a Dan's group therapy episode, uh, but I welcome to Dan's secret group therapy <laughs> episode. All right, everybody that I invited to the podcast that Dan doesn't know about time to start talking. Right, chime in guys. No, but like I was bullied a lot when I was growing up because I was this chunky kid who was in a school where at the time, you know, primarily black school uh, for a long time in the black community, being a nerd was not something that was cool or popular. That shit didn't start to break down until the late two thousands when Marvel movies got popular and hip hop kind of changed. But for a long time, and it probably still isn't all the way there now, but it was not popular to be a nerdy kid, especially, you know, a, a nerdy black kid or half black kid in a primarily black school. You were, everyone would just say you're acting white. And um, I was this chunky biracial kid. And a lot of kids had the idea of multiracial was blowing their mind and not good in sports. Liked to talk about another my anime and this new thing called anime I just discovered. And that's the big kicker had no clue how to stick up for myself. Like I felt embarrassed because people would say, you got to stick up for yourself. And I didn't really know what that meant. 
like 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 so like I should beat him up is what you're saying like no that's where the boundaries come in Dan right I didn't know I didn't know like what constitute as sticking up for myself like and what constitute like just being like a compromise you know so like some like someone say hey Dan I want that seat and I'm like all right well I don't really want to give him the seat but I also don't feel like getting into an argument about the seat that about a fucking chair there's tons of chairs here it's not worth my time getting an argument by a chair. So I would get up and just said, just, I didn't have to have to deal with an argument about it. And people like, what the hell is you doing, Dan? Like, so I, that, those like, I, 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 I just figured I was compromising. So it's stuff like that. I, I genuinely did not know how to do it. And, you know, I got bullied for a you know great deal of like time. And like my, in my, elementary and middle school years everything smoothed out in high school like i actually kind of really found my tribe in terms of like friends who thought like me and acted like me in high school um i never had any problems with anybody in high school no no fights or bullying like that so so by so by the time i was you know high school that was all good but elementary school and middle school were hell uh, and like many days i came home crying I didn't want my mom to know because I didn't want to seem weak because I know my mom would probably go to school and try and cuss out a kid. So I would hide it from her and I didn't want to leave the school because I knew, or at least in my mind, now I would, now I would just say, fuck it, I'm out. But in my mind, I felt that if I left or changed schools because they were talking shit and bullying me, then that meant they won. So I stuck it out for four years of hell with my elementary and middle school class to prove something in, in my young mind that didn't really exist or need to be proved. And as an adult, like again, 30 year old adult, full-time career side business with the, with the podcast, buying a house. I still deal with that shit. Like I still like if I'm, Sometimes it's a motivator. Like if I'm being lazy, like I don't want to go exercise. I'm like, oh, that dude who bullied you in seventh grade is exercising right now. So it's like that sometimes, but like. Is he actually exercising though? I mean, he's a bodybuilder now, so kind of. <laughs> oh, dang. I mean, bodybuilder doesn't necessarily mean you can fight, but um, like I. But he is exercising. But he is that, exercising. Is, that is a fact. Yeah. He is indeed cut right now. <laughs> oh, Just because but... you can beat him up doesn't take away from the fact that he worked for that. Exactly. Like. Like there's, there's the fun, the funny joke of like fighters very suddenly look like they can fight, like because they don't, they don't usually, they're not usually cut. Um, but yeah, I uh, I still deal with it now as an adult, and you're talking about shit that was said and done to me when I was 13. Like, like, what's your experience? Uh, well, I don't really remember. I have a hard time remembering a lot about like when I was young, mm-hmm. but uh, I remember I, I went to a, a Catholic uh, elementary school. It was technically elementary through eighth grade, um, but I went there uh, and I was friends with a couple people before I went there. A uh, kid that lived up the street ended up going and and all his friends and we kind of just we're all in the same classes for the years I was there. But I remember, and I don't know when it started, 
but I think I got interested in girls a little before everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember having this really big crush on this girl whose name I'm not going to say, even though she probably doesn't listen to this podcast. <laughs> but uh, I had a big crush on this girl and I decided it'd be a good idea. I asked my mom if I could ask her to go to a movie. And, you know, because I like to watch TV and that's what people did on TV. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but so I remember asking this girl to go to a movie with me. It was kind of in front of her friends. and. Uh, she turned me down. Mm-hmm. Kind of nice. She was pretty nice about it. I'll, I'll, I'll admit that. She was nice about it. Um, her friends, not so much. Um, so I remember her friends uh, telling some of my friends and getting made fun of it for it. Uh People who I thought were my friends, you know, people who I played basketball with, people who I, you know, went over in and hung out at their houses. uh, Stuff like that, like these people that I thought were supposed to be, you know, my good friends, people I was always hanging out with, you know, were just making fun of me and not. Not just like. Once or twice, like they made fun of me for like months for it and i remember that really hurting my feelings um because you know i just i liked this girl and i was trying to be nice or whatever mm-hmm. this also led to me getting my first kiss from another girl different story nice. she felt bad for me i think <laughs> uh <laughs> that girl's name was miranda kugler and she was probably one of the nicest girls that went to elementary school with me probably her and this other girl danielle who i think just got engaged shout out to her even though she maybe she's been engaged i don't know she got engaged sometime in the past few years (laughs) you know the funny part no not funny but the irony is like when, when you're coaching people to um be more social and break a lot of social anxieties Sometimes just, you know, just speaking to new people, making friends, or but definitely when it comes to dating as well. One thing you're told a lot is this fallacy, uh, this thing called the spotlight effect, which is this um, psychological effect where people assume more people are watching them do a so in a social sphere or a social situation than they actually are. So they do something like, so you ask a girl out and it says, your, our brains tell us everyone's watching me when in actuality, most people, even if they're looking in your direction are completely lost in their own world. So I say that to say, I mean, I can only imagine it must've definitely been bad for, you know, um, these social effects, these, these, these psychological tricks our brains can uh, make on us to have that happen yeah so early on 
But yeah, then... it wasn't really her saying no. Like, only a couple of her friends were there, and they just kind of giggled. But it wasn't until, you know, later when the whole Blake likes this person started, you know, like mm-hmm. how kids are, that it right. really was... You know, she said no. She wasn't interested. Whatever. Like, that's not on her. Like, she 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 said how she felt. That's fine. Um, but like I said, like, it, it was more that I, I don't know that I really minded that the girls teased me about it because, mm-hmm. you know, girls were always teasing the boys like that's that's one thing. But that my friends teased me about it like relentlessly. Yeah. And so that stopped. And then. As either the next year or two years later, uh, another kid that I wasn't necessarily friends with, but we had friends in common, uh, decided to really relentlessly start picking on me to the point that I did eventually switch schools. Now, most people who know me know I can be a little outspoken and definitely a little uh, rash when it comes to how I react to things. Sometimes I've worked on it a lot as an adult. Uh, but as a child, um, him pushing me around and stuff didn't go so well. I definitely pushed back, uh, and we just kind of got in a lot of trouble, uh, that year for picking on each other, uh, quote unquote, even though it it definitely was never me starting it. I was just Mm -hmm. like telling him to stop or trying to get him away from me, um, Now, I will use this fact to point out that uh, usually when you're bullied, um, the bully has something going on in their own lives, and it's not at all your fault. Very true. This particular kid had a very abusive dad, and I didn't find out about this till a lot later, Um, but... I can only assume that's why he decided to pick on me. Now, why he decided to pick on me, I don't know. Um, I had a conversation with my mom about it once, and she seemed to think that the reason kids picked on me so much was because a lot of their parents went to school together, like middle school and high school, like they had been friends for years, and they all went to the church together, and my mom and I weren't super involved in the church. So that's why they picked on me, because I was kind of the outsider, even though like I still was invited to things and had friends. I didn't feel like an outsider, but like in some of their eyes and some of their very judgmental parents eyes, I might have been the outsider or we were the outsider family. And what a totally Christian thing to do. Yeah. Sarcasm, of course. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That kid. (laughs) They're not they're not Christian enough. Fuck them up. Like just like, like. it's just the irony of that. It's like, want to pick on you because you don't go to church enough? Like, like yeah, it's, I, um, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, so this one kid and this other kid decided to pick on me to, to the other kid. I don't know what his deal was. His, his whole family, his brother kind of bullied my brother too. His brother was in the same grade as my brother. Um, He would pick on my brother as well. So I don't know what was up with that. Maybe their family just didn't like or really thought we were outcasts. I, I don't want to put too many words in people's mouths or thoughts in people's from people's heads. But uh, 
they 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 were not the nicest family. Um, and then, like I said, this other kid who picked on me more, um, especially the more physically, uh, he was uh, he was in a very not so great house. So I definitely can forgive him for that. You know, he he was taking his frustrations, not in a proper way out on me, but I, I don't think it messed me up that much. So, you know, I feel bad for for him. If I could go back in time, I would, you know, just tell him it's all right, man. Like, yeah, kind of thing. And and you never know when you're a kid, you don't you don't know those things. It's like as an adult, I realize that, like, I wish I could have just tried to be his friend instead of you know, us fighting. Right. But, and it's, it's definitely, um, it's, it's very hard to like, I guess, turn the cheek in, in, in that sense of the words. Like, I don't like to just be like, Hey, even if you were told, Hey, he's going through a lot of stuff right now. Like as an adult, you have the mental capacity to kind of like see the big picture and realize, okay, like, I mean, you you put your hands on me. That's you got. You I can't let you hurt. I can't let you hurt me, no matter how what situation you're going through. But like, this this wasn't like fighting. So mm-hmm. I mean, like it's all forgivable. Like it was just shoving each other. Like you know, like very mild pushing. Well, mm-hmm. and stuff. Like he, he never hit me or anything. So it wasn't anything bad. Well, <laughs> okay, <laughs> he never hit me. Um, to finish Jeez. off my story. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> and then we can get into the science behind it. This kind of followed me for a long time. My best friend, who's still one of my best friends, um, he was a year older than me in school, went to um, the sales high school. And a lot of these kids flowed into the sales high school as well. I was uh, there with my best friend at, at one of the football games because, you know, as a high schooler, you go to football games. Um, we were, my mom was there too. Cause we were actually watching my neighbor, his senior year play in one of the games. Well, during halftime, I went out and I was hanging out with my friend, Trevor, who I was the best man in this guy's wedding. Love this dude to death. Um, so I was hanging out with him and we're just standing out, uh, talking to some of his friends, you know, from school out in this field off to the side of the thing. And, you know, these people that I used to be friends with are nearby and they see me and um, one of them starts antagonizing me. And I don't remember the full story, but it ended up in a fist fight between me and one of the kids. And then I got tackled by one of his friends. And I don't know where Trevor was. <laughs> <laughs> I think he went to get my mom. Oh, okay, that's, 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 that's the convenient way to not get your ass with too. Like, I don't get, I don't get the mom. No, I, I don't go. There's, there's the fire department. I will get them. Let them know what's going on. <laughs> Conveniently, when I almost set my house on fire too, he told on me to my mom. <laughs> Never trust Trevor with your secrets. <laughs> I told that story as my best man speech about him telling on me to my mom about <laughs> catching a GI Joe on fire. But <laughs> yes, yeah, a very convenient way to not get his butt kicked. Yeah. I uh I don't remember what happened. I just remember them saying some stuff to me and me being a hot-headed like 13-year-old. I know how I was back then. I probably just started running my mouth when I had no backup. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um I believe one of Trevor's friends pulled them off of me and broke us up. 
I think, I don't know who it was. It was either them or another friend of mine who was, it was either them or like this kid I knew, Mario Bland, uh, broke it up. I can't remember what happened. The one more bully story before we get into some more facts about it. Um, so the most important ass whooping I ever got in my life was by, I'm not going to say his real, say his real name. We're just going to keep calling him bodybuilder, bro. So, uh, the guy I was talking about earlier. So uh, bodybuilder bro and I, my seventh grade year was the worst. And because I, I didn't go through a middle school in terms of, you know, hey, sixth through eighth. I went through a K through t- K through eighth grade school. So uh, the middle schoolers, anyone, you know, the teens, essentially, well, they were divvied off into a different section of the building. But it was still K through eighth. So it wasn't I didn't have the luxury that some middle school kids have of you know, they, how they do it, like high school, where you have your classes and then someone else has their classes and you just have different people per class. Like I was with yeah. these, these dudes from eight eight thirty to three o'clock. Yeah. That's how my school was. There was like class A, class B. Mm-hmm. That's how my middle school was. So I was with the same people all day. Yeah. And this guy, uh, he came my seventh grade year, uh, immediately recognized that I was the lowest man on the totem pole. And just, like, I, I thought people were talking shit before. This dude just relentlessly, any chance he could, any chance he could to make my life living hell. Like, it was like the playbook on bullying. Just kick me signs, check, shit Wait, he me. put a kick me sign on you? Put a fucking kick me sign on me, dude. Did anybody actually kick you? He did. Nobody else, though? No. I feel like that's the dumbest prank. Uh, and I've like, never oh, heard wait, wait, anybody wait, wait, wait. ever I mean, say. I think I think other kids did, but I mean, we're talking like this is sixteen, seventeen years ago now. So I don't. I think him and somebody else did, but like that's. I just have never heard that actually happen in real life. So <laughs> just it was him and his other kid. But we'll get to the other kid later because his situation, like your friends, it was. You can tell. I can tell now. Like the writing was on the wall. Um, actually, other kids pretty easy to say. We went to a private Catholic school. This other kid was homosexual um, or at least closeted about it. And obviously now, who cares, dude? Love who you want, love. But yeah, private but Catholic then, school nobody's gonna... in the early 2000s. He would have been the kid getting bullied. Yeah. So yeah. I think he is, it was very obvious from a young age that you know he was different. And I think his way of like lashing out in terms of like, so you would not... I guess almost a sense that you would not have time to talk shit about him for possibly being gay. Uh, he would just lash out and be hyper aggressive and, and just the worst fucking kid possible. Uh, so um, again, as far as I know, he's a much better person now. I genuinely wish him all the best. Uh, no, I, 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 I can seriously say I do not have any grudge with him. Uh, I think it's for this reason. So, his our shit very him and um not bodybuilder bro uh him and i our shit never got very violent it it, it was like constant shit talking him saying the worst things he could possibly say to me but he knew i wouldn't fight him uh so i think he knew that it's just he knew i would phrase that he knew i wouldn't fight him unless he hit me first so he knew as i can do whatever i want as long as i don't touch dan 
and he did every single thing he possibly could. He put baby oil in the book bag. Uh, I so believe he, you told that story yeah, on here before. Everything he could. So again, I'm not angry at him anymore. Um, cause especially cause like as an adult, I see, Oh, this is why you were acting the way you were. Uh, but the other kid bodybuilder, bro, again, like he was like the quintessential, like nineties bully, like just punch people actually wear randomly the leather and jacket? shit. I'm sorry. What did he wear a leather jacket? I don't know if he had a leather jacket. I could mm-hmm. text him. I mean, if my face would message him, that'd be kind of weird. <laughs> Hey, I ain't hey, talked to you. you leather in jacket in <laughs> you got a leather jacket. <laughs> did you wear a leather jacket in seventh grade or in seventh grade? Because I can't remember if you were like complete middle school bully or yeah. not. But this is like he would do it all the time. And so, like, honestly, again, as I mentioned before, I did not know how to stand up for myself. Um, I should have, you know, uh, acted preemptively and immediately the first time he ever f- fucked with me or put his hands on me. But I kind of let that shit sizzle. And one day he said something to me in the hallway. I don't remember what. I remember it was in March. I still remember it was in March because it was before my, before my birthday. And whatever it was, I knew he was joking, but I just chose to not let it go. And so he got into a fighting stance. Even then he was joking. And I was like kind of at that boiling point. No, I'm sick of your shit. Let's go. And it's, it's I can laugh at it now. I had I had I did karate when I was you know a kid, um, totally different from what I do now. Uh, but you know, I did I mean, most people take karate classes when they're a kid. So all I, right, quick quick side note: my brother and I got kicked out of doing karate because we wouldn't stop using it on each other at home, <laughs> and our mom told on us. <laughs> funny though, <laughs> but I, I I most people most people do karate at some point. And, you know, but it's just that you did karate for a couple of years. You're not, you don't know how to fight. You just did karate for a couple of years. Yeah. And so I remember you just I, kicked boards. I thought I was the shit. Like, I mean, I got a yellow belt. I know that's at least something. And so yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, this dude, he says something to me. And I get into this shitty, crazy ass karate stance. Let's go. And I think he thought I was playing until I kicked him. And then I kicked him. He's like, oh, we're serious now. And. Uh yeah, I did not win that fight. Uh, was he, he bigger than you? Up, about the same height actually. Okay, um, but he was a lot stronger than me. And well, yeah, lit- that's what I meant. Like, like physically. Yeah, and he lit my face up, and very embarrassing loss. And it, and it happened like with, with for once, like the only fight I can remember when like there wasn't teachers around, so I couldn't even like rely on hey, him man. being in trouble later on. It was just I had to come back to school the next day knowing he whooped my ass. Hey man, luckily I didn't have to go back to school after that fight, but I did not win that fight either. I was winning until I got tackled by a second person. Mm-hmm. That's true. <laughs> then he lit my face up. I think I went to school with a black eye the next day. Uh, but yeah, so I remember going home. I was enraged, but I couldn't say why. Well, I didn't want to say why, but I was like, man, this ain't happening no more. And so that summer, uh, my mom signed up me for, signed me up for kung fu classes. So that was the most important ass whooping I ever received, because even though I, I still have a grudge, if I had not lost that fight to bodybuilder, bro, I wouldn't have started training. Uh, so I mean, in a way, I'm thankful for it, but at the same time, you know, anytime I'm slacking off, I'm like, oh. But body better, bro. I'm slacking off, and like I would like to, I would love to say to you, I can't look you in the eye, but I would love to say, Blake, I'm over that. I do not 
still have anger or resentment or want to fight that kid. But I can't say that. Like I want to say that. Like as an adult, I want to be over that. But I just know like if he signed up for classes like next month. At your gym? Yeah, you'd and it fight was time him? to spar with him. I'm not sure I could keep it friendly. That's understandable. I can look you in the eye, even though I can't, (laughs) and tell you I am over everything that happened to me as a kid. I I have more stories about people. I I pretty much got picked on for different things Mm -hmm. uh, all the way through high school. Mm -hmm. I I think I just adapted to having a lot better friends who Mm -hmm. didn't pick on me. There were just outside people that would try to pick on me about things. Gotcha. So we keep saying it. We're going to get some facts. We're gonna get the fa- Let's get to some facts. Um, common reasons that kids bully is uh, a lot of times, and I know some of these answers may seem like, again, quintessential things you've heard before, but it's because they're true. Um, a lot of it, they lack attention from parents at home, um, and they do a lot of lashing out for attention or to hide their insecurities, like my other, the other kid I was telling you about. Um, kids who are neglected, children of divorced parents, um, or children whose parents, you know, may may not be divorced, but do not have a healthy relationship, drugs, alcohol, these all can lead to kids starting to bully because it's some sort of outlet for attention. So also becomes an outlet, the only outlet a child may have or, or a child's brain can conceive of. You know, they don't, they don't understand how to really process those feelings yet. Um, another way it's an easy way to gain popularity um this i can say from the experience of being at the brunt of this if you know one kid's unpopular and a bunch of other kids take turns roasting him it can be almost I hate to say it, it's almost like a rite of passage like you're with, like to roast that kid and put that kid through hell to then be in the same friend circles as the kids, other kids who are doing it. Um, you also have instances. Some kids are are naturally more aggressive and dominating, and impulsive by nature. You're at a time in your life where you don't have much impulse control to begin with. This is why sugar affects kids the way it does. Um, so it doesn't necessarily always mean that they're bullying or trying to bully. It's just lack of impulse control, and maybe you know at this time in their life, at this junction, not understanding how to keep dominating um, personality traits in check traits that they could use for very constructive, positive endeavors later on in life. But at, you know, at age 10, they don't really have an outlet for that or a way to do that. So them just being themselves may come off as hyper aggressive and bullying. Um, and also you have the finally, like a lot of the, the beginning traits of narcissism start to really rear their head when they're young as well. Uh, This is more so, well, I guess all of these you could say are the fault of the parent, but this one's definitely the fault of the parent. Um, A lot of times people who are narcissistic come from these upbringings where they're essentially almost raised, raised thinking that they're better than other people and having uh, very little consequence for the actions that they do. 
you know, uh, your child fails fails a class. Instead of your parent, you know, being upset the child failed the class or or at least just trying to get to the bottom of what are they doing or not doing to make them fail the class, the parents instead just immediately assumes that the teacher's at fault and attacks the teacher, metaphorically speaking, of course. Um, this That kind of behavior is very, is it impedes on, or, you know, um, when a very impressionable youth sees that can help build these traits of like, oh, I'm always right. I'm, I'm smart. I'm great. I'm amazing. And anything that conflicts with that, you just have it out for me. You just don't see it. Uh, some dads, unfortunately, raise their sons, toxic masculinity again, to think this is how you're successful in life. By dominating, by controlling, by you know, just forcing at your will upon people. And the dad thinks that because that's what they do and they're, and they're able to get away with it. So your thoughts on any of that? No, I definitely agree. That's pretty much everything I heard um, in all of the videos I watched on bully. Oh my God. Bullying videos are so cringy, but in all the middle bullying videos I watched uh, preparing for this episode, I mean, like that's pretty much everything they explained. And like we talked about, like uh, we both talked about thinking back, like those people had reasons why they acted that way. And if we could go back, we would we would do it differently. And I think that's mm-hmm. kind of how I think we should end this episode is what what's your advice for somebody that's going through what we went through? Everybody. I don't want to get into all the ways that people say should fix bullying, mm-hmm. thinking about how you were bullied or how somebody, you know, was bullied. If you could go back in time. How do you think you'd change it? Um, or what would your advice for somebody go, going through it right now be? Really understanding like what's called the nice method. Now, the nice method is not being nice. Um, it's, it's just a handy acronym. Uh, not saying you should be evil, but it's just that's not what it means. Um, so this is this is I did not coin this. This is from Charisma on Command on YouTube. Um, and it's an, the nice method is a very effective way of standing up for yourself Um it's more so for, you know, in adult situations. And just to quickly recap, as we said before, adults still get bullied too. Uh, most of the time when adults get bullied, it is more passive aggressive. It's more gossipy, clicky, uh, click based, or you're dealing with now a full fledged narcissist versus a kid who has narcissistic tendencies. Uh, maybe a boss or, you know, a coworker who just, you know, they think they're God's gift to everything. And the so, thing that's nice about being or bullies in adulthood is it's a lot easier to find people to agree with you on them and uh, get the situation handled and handle them. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they have genuinely have a lot less power or a lot less ways to, I mean, that th- you can get away with a lot more as a kid. Yeah. Chances are your boss isn't going to, you know, push you down if he doesn't like what you have to say. Yeah. You know, there, there are, there otherwise, you know, it's his ass. So, but this method applies both to adults and children. So I wish I could tell young Daniel this. A nice method first, non-verbally tell them to stop. That's body language. Suck, like, like, come on, dude, really? Like, suck your teeth out, like, eye, eye contact. Like, what the hell's going on with you, dude? Um, is a good method, especially, this is more so when, like, someone is saying something or any kind of conversation that's, like, 
um, that's just coming off as um, negative or uh, derogatory. Uh, so non-verbally tell them to stop, but there's non-verbal cues that I am not liking this. Some people, and it should, it should be said, some people are just oblivious to things like that. Or you know, we've all had a situation where you weren't trying to insult somebody, but it came off that way. So it's an, this method is great because it, it takes into account that somebody may not be attempting to bully you. It just may seem that way because maybe they're, you know, um, not that great socially. And how they're saying things or how they say things may inadvertently come off kind of sideways or aggressive. Um, so non-verbally, hey, dude, send a good look. Uh, then there's what they call the indirect warning shot. So kind of indirectly speak without assuming malicious intent, uh, but explain, you know, why you're not a fan of something or you don't like it. Like, ah, no, hey, I'm not a big fan of that. You know, I like X, Y, Z. Like, like, um, I had a coworker who used to call me by a name I didn't like. And I just wouldn't answer it, answer by it. And he would finally come up to me and say, like, and said it. I'm like, oh, you're, you're talking to me? Like, I mean, dude, that's not my name. So, I mean, like, hey, that's, that's, that's why I wasn't answering. That's not my name, dude. Are you going to say the name here live on, on the internet? The nickname? Yeah. No. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Finally, there's the call out, which is direct. So now there's no more room for, I just didn't understand social cues. Like there's no more room for I'm awkward or, oh, I was just playing. It's directly calling out the behavior calmly. And no, you want to try and deescalate with everything. So this isn't like, a call to action. Let's go outside, bro. Like, it's just, hey, dude, you keep calling me that. It's setting those boundaries. Yeah. Verbally setting those boundaries that we we talk about multiple times on this podcast. Right. And sometimes, like, a level of not necessarily, ag- I won't say aggression. I mean, aggression is necessary to a degree. But a, a way of, like, doing it openly. You don't necessarily, like, okay, everyone's been in a situation where maybe somebody was yelling at you publicly you know how embarrassing that feels. Oh yeah. So there's a there's a an air of like if you do it publicly, without necessarily going balls to wall, but just do it publicly and calmly, it kind of is a little bit embarrassing, and can kind of help drive your point across. Like you do it in the middle of the office. Hey, dude, like with a stern voice, dude. I told you, do not call me that. We've had this conversation multiple times. And every day you keep calling me this name. It's like that spotlight effect that you were talking about earlier. Even if everybody isn't watching, they're going to feel like everybody is. Exactly. Realistically, only like maybe three or four people heard it, but yeah. it feels like everyone's called. Everyone's hearing it. Yep. And also, again, there's no room. There's no longer any room for any uh, nuance or oh, I was just playing. Yeah. You can't. You can't rely on that anymore. And so that's the C of it. And finally, the E exit the situation. Now, obviously, this is different. This is if you're in a situation where exiting is possible. So I'm hanging out at your, we're hanging out and you know at a bar, and one of your friends keeps you know doing something I don't like, or my friends doing something you don't like. We've done everything else non-verbally, indirectly. We flat out, blatantly, do not say that, do not do that, and they're still doing it. Exit the situation. All right, cool, dude. Later. 
And it's nothing. This is what I didn't understand as a child. There's nothing weak about that. It's, you, you, you're not proving your strength by sticking through a situation that upsets you. And this may mean leave the job. This may mean leave the room and go to HR. All right, dude, this isn't working. Let's go and and, and leave. Um, specifically, if you're dealing with, this goes hand in hand with uh, bullying in adult life or um, childhood. Um, and I know no no one to hear. At least I didn't. I didn't want to hear this as a kid. But document everything. Like every time someone like this is really good if someone's like fucking with you at work every time he says something every time he does this every time she does this every time he made me uncomfortable document that shit you know ask if, if, if this is a situation that may involve you having to go to a manager or hr see if other people who have witnessed this behavior will be willing to vouch for you for it you can also see if other people have had that done by the same person to them. Yes. That's a good point as well. Like, see, this is a pack thing. They're like, it's hard. It's hard to ignore stuff when some, when everybody's saying it, if there's that dude at the office that's constantly saying inappropriate stuff to everyone. And I don't even mean just like to women, like to, you know, people of different ethnicities, anything like that, you know, like mm-hmm. whatever it is, making girls feel uncomfortable, making people feel uncomfortable about their ethnicity, what, yeah. uh, calling people inappropriate nicknames, mm-hmm. calling people just stuff they don't like. If it's if they're doing it to everybody, like find out. Right. Just be like, hey, does he ever make you feel uncomfortable? Because mm-hmm. he does this to me and I don't like it. Right. And so, again, just frequent, consistent documentation of this is happening, this is happening. Um, I know when I was a kid, someone told me to do that, to do essentially the same thing, just, you know, keep keep reporting. This is what this kid's doing. This is what he said to me. This is what he's doing to me. It definitely makes it feel like, it definitely is kind of like a tattletale perspective. Or at least there's that, there's that tattletale stigma of like, oh, don't be a tattletale. But it's a little different. Like, I always consider tattletaling as like, you're telling on everybody for every little thing. If, if there's a ongoing situation with bullying, I'll, you're not I, at least in my eyes. I don't see that as tattletale anymore. I'm saying like I'm reporting an issue to you. So no, you're a tattletale point, if you, yeah, like keep telling uh, telling on people because they said one thing. Yeah, and like, you keep going back telling on everyone because they did one thing. Like if, if some kids cussed, hey, hey, uh, Miss Smith, Jeremy cussed. That's a tattletale. If Jeremy keeps calling you racial slurs, that ain't tattletaling. No. And I mean, you got to think back to the definition of bullying. Repetition is in there. Mm-hmm. It, it's not bullying if they say one mean thing to you. Right. That's it's just not considered if bullying. It's, it's Everybody says mean thing. things sometimes. Yes. Like, I say mean things to Blake all the fucking time. Yeah. I, I love that bastard. And we don't have an HR department, so I can't de- complain. So exactly. he's going to keep doing it. He just has to take it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm your business partner. Go ahead. Trying <laughs> to use the nice method. Trying to exit the situation. I know where you live. <laughs> you actually don't. So I know the general area. <laughs> I will walk up and down the street. I, I, I will call Claudia right now and get the address. Uh, yeah, you probably do that. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, and so also because why this is important, if something pops off, now 
the balls in the court of whoever is in charge, especially in school more so. Again, it's very rare somebody is going to resort to anything physical at uh, in 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 the office, and you know, especially in corporate America, very rare. Especially but, when everybody's working from home. Oh yeah, that too. I mean, that's that's kind of scary if they do. <laughs> that's that's just called breaking and entering. If yeah, that, that's called a lot of illegal activity. Right. You have the authority to shoot them now. Uh, How'd they find out where you live? <laughs> Dang. <laughs> But, um, There's a lot going on in that situation, <laughs> right? But in terms of um, you know school, again, you want to report this, you want to keep this on the books because now there's a record of, especially like that family you can speak to is like, hey, this is what we've done, this is what he's done, and you, school teacher, whoever, have consistently not handled it. So if a fight happens. I mean, I understand there's going to be repercussions no matter what. I always, I always dislike that about elementary schools. How um, essentially there's no self defense in, in school. It's the the idea that some kid could be whooping your ass, and it's just you're supposed to just essentially take it. I've never really, it's never really jived with me. Yeah. Um, but I mean, again, like if something does pop off, it's like, all right, cool. Like you can sp- you can speak to it. Well, he's done this, this, this. He, he told he told you he reported every single thing. He tried to avoid a situation, and this keeps happening. So yeah, a fight and you happened. Did nothing, yeah. And, but it's more and in terms of corporate America. Now you have like if you have to have your HR case. Now we we have proof. This isn't just a he said this to me one time. You yeah. can be fired for saying one thing to somebody one time, regardless. But in terms of harassment or bullying at work, now you have a, a track record of. This is what this individual is I like that. I like that the, your method has that uh, that built into it. It's like, all right, somebody said something weird. All right, we're going to non-verbally tell them that. Right. That's not cool. And then we're going to actually tell them that that's not cool. Then if they keep doing it, like it, it's like mm-hmm. you keep moving through the steps. It's like, all right, maybe he just didn't know I didn't find that funny. And I get that. I've definitely said things that I thought were funny that other people definitely did not. Right. I mean, you and I tell each other some real messed up jokes that other people probably would not like. And I get it. Some things make other people uncomfortable. And I've definitely been the guy that said something and then felt like an a-hole afterwards. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, oh, they were really offended by that. I I should apologize. Between 2009 and 2015, I am sorry. Um, A lot of things I thought were funny were not funny. Uh, And and again, boundaries. Uh, And lastly, Sometimes an ass whooping works too. But definitely try to avoid that. I'm not going to tell you, I mean, I'm not going to tell grown adults to go whoop people's asses. No. Um, But I've. Well, also, if you try to whoop somebody's ass, you also risk the fact of getting your your own ass whooped. And it's also illegal. But like, hey, I mean, I'm not going to encourage kids to be violent. I'm just, I am saying that if you get into a fight in elementary school, you ain't going to jail for it. I mean, I mean, at least most of the time you have to do some violent shit. To get uh, to get sent to juvie for a fight. I mean, you I took a brick to his head or something. I mean, you just get this a- man, Kali Ma, the other kid, and <laughs> took the heart out of his exactly. chest. Exactly. Like, yeah, I don't know if he should be in like- prison or <laughs> burned at the stake. <laughs> like, but what is going on? on? But uh, there's a, I know all the a- teachers quit. <laughs> like, I'm not. I mean, what's wrong with this school? But you I thought going to Hogwarts would be cool. <laughs> He could really get A's and everything for the rest of the term. Yeah. <laughs> um, but there is a, uh, 
like there is a phrase uh, again i've said before i know he's a polarizing figure i don't like all of his work but um the psychologist the psychologist jordan pearson said in his book it's like it's the it's the knowledge that something can bite that makes you scared of it not the fact that it's biting you it's the knowledge that a big dog like a pit bull that you don't know could hurt you that makes you hesitant around it not the fact that it's actually being aggressive towards you and and we would say people like easy targets either way in, in adults and kids. If they know that the person they're bullying is in a position to fight back, not necessarily physically, but legally, you know, in terms of power and authority, you ain't going to bully your boss. Like yeah. you can't like you're not bullying your boss to give you a raise. Like, so they know this person has the ability to fuck with them right back. They tend to back down a bit. And unfortunately, when you're younger, a lot of times that boils down to fisticuffs uh, because, you know, nothing makes somebody stop fucking with you like an ass whooping. Uh, that same kid I was telling you about, the one who I'm not, who I don't have a grudge against, stopped fucking with me the few times our situations did get physical. So I'm not going to, this is at all, I'm not at all going to say, hey, you got start whooping asses. But if things get physical, if they think they start to, because no, very few people just immediately get physical, they start to up the ante. They, they push and push and push and push to see how far they can go. Maybe the first time they put their hands on you is a joke. They the second do that. time they put you in a locker. Right. It's like how they put you in a locker, I don't know, because the lockers at my high school were real small. But they put you in there nonetheless. It's like they, a dog. They, they broke physics to do it. <laughs> like, like I don't. I'm not a dog owner, but what I've been told, like a lot of times, like you know, especially when you're training, training as a pup, it's like there's things they do while they look at you to see how you're going to react to it. Is that fair to say? I know you have. A yeah. Dog. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's like especially early, especially early on, it's very important, especially when like people are doing these things to see what can I get away with doing without there being negative repercussions. But my dog still does that, dude. <laughs> Your dog's adorable and not well. She she she'll like know that I'm I'm mad, and I'll be like, no, stay, and then she'll she'll sit and then she'll slowly scoot forward, scoot forward, until I stop, until I like either turn around or I'm not looking at her, and then she'll like run to the door or something like she does that kind of stuff. So I mean, she still does it, but she is a very good dog, yeah, but and not aggressive in any way. But it's more just she she does it when she's excited and she doesn't want to listen. So nipping that shit in the bud and just you know showing that you can react with force if necessary whatever that force may be is a lot of times puts people i don't say put people in their place but they, it definitely stops a lot of potential bullying in its tracks uh this is by no means zero means any kind of encouragement to do anything overly violent i'm not encouraging anyone to you know get a gun get a knife nothing none of that no none we're not encouraging that at all but if someone puts their hands on you you have the right to defend yourself sometimes a light push is all you need and you need to do that asap do not wait till things get bad don't wait till you're mad no they put your hand their hands on you you need to handle that shit immediately because then they're going to keep because the second the first two times to see what happens the second, the third or fourth time is a new habit. So you asked me what, I, what would I tell young Dan? Use the nice method, 
but don't try and wait for when someone pisses you off to finally fight back. This first time it happens. All right. Either you getting your ass laid out or I'm getting my ass laid out. So I think that's actually how I approached things as a kid. And it, I don't think it made it any better. <laughs> like I, I can purpose, I can think of a quite a few instances where if I had of reacted with the nice method reacted with, you know, you know, you are not going to do this to me. And when things got physical, defending myself immediately and not like just, Oh, it's not a big deal, you know, or, or just being intimidated by maybe someone's like, you know, size or popularity, different shit would have happened. But you know, you live and you learn. Uh, I definitely fought back when things were physical, um, got in trouble for a few times for it. Um, so if I, if I could go back in time, I think out of all the bullying videos I watched today mm-hmm. and over the weekend, I think I really liked the method. And this, obviously, this doesn't apply to if people are punching you in the face or physically harming you. That is assault. You have the right to defend yourself or, you know... Tell a teacher, if you're not comfortable defending yourself, get help. That's assault. It's illegal. Don't let that sh- that happen. If you don't feel comfortable enough to defend yourself, mm-hmm. get somebody who can defend you. Yeah. yeah. Dan is very comfortable defending himself right now. So that's why his method is to <laughs> defend I, himself. But not everybody does. And I, I felt comfortable defending myself back then. I was hot-headed. I thought I, thought I could fight the world. But... Um, ignoring them, I think, is something I should have done more. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily even just ignoring them, but I watched a video of this guy. Like, anytime somebody says something to you, you just like compliment them to the point of making it boring for them to keep picking on you, not just holding your head up and trying to, um, like it, it's. Not just holding your head up and being quiet like while they pick on you because people can still tell it's bugging you. And this is not easy. I'm not saying it's easy in any way, but it is simple. That somebody calls you an idiot, just go, I know I am, but you're so smart. <laughs> like that kind of stuff, like make it so boring for them that they move on. And it's not easy. Like I said, it, it's simple, but not easy. It's because most of the time, and I think you touched on it a little bit. It's definitely like a game. Bullying's like a game. They're trying to, they're trying to win by being better, by making themselves feel better than you. Mm-hmm. But if they can't get that reaction and, and get you to fight back, they don't win. Right. You, you hit a good point there. It's the, it's a lot of it is the, they want to see that reaction that comes from, yeah, pissing you off. So when you don't react the way they want, it does indeed get boring. Um, you just got to do the that's cool and walk away. Like, right. don't acknowledge that they're trying to mess with you at all. Obviously, again, if they try to get physical, that's that's a totally different thing. But like if they're just throwing names at you as a child, I I personally know how hard it is because I did the complete opposite and yelled back. But I think if I could change it, I would I would ignore him. Mm-hmm. I would just be like, that's nice. Uh, sorry. 
I, I'm sorry. I'm so dumb. You know what? I mean, I'm not going to, well, maybe not so much the self-deprecating, but I, the turning it into like a compliment towards them. Um, that's definitely re- a really good strategy. Like I've seen that happen before. Like I, I've used it with, I used to work in sales. Like just one dude was, was not, I wouldn't call him a bully, but very douchey with how he would talk about how good he was at selling shit. And so just instead of having a fight or, you know, I guess he was kind of a bully. Cause I don't like, I don't like him anymore. But um, instead of making a fight of it, you just turn on his head like, Hey man, that's why we got you, man. We got so you, can, so you can make sure we get them sales, dude. And like, or he would talk shit about your numbers. Like, and like, and just say, Hey man, could you, all right, well, can you help me out here, dude? Like to what am I doing wrong? And so it kind of put him in position of like, I mean, it's definitely not the one you like that you want to do in, in terms of your knee jerk reaction is to, when someone pushes is to push back metaphorically yeah. and physically. So knee jerk reaction. And he's talking shit about how no one can sell like him is to like, fuck you, dude. But the, when you turn it around, it becomes productive now. Cause now it's like, we kind of force him into a leadership position. All right, man, let's all be like you. How we got to do. And so <laughs> He and doesn't want to be a bully anymore. Now he wants to like prove he's prove he's as good as he says he is by showing other people how to do it. Or on the flip side, he's going to shut up because he can't. Sure that. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to be like, oh, um, I, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what I do. Uh, but yeah, I, that's what I would do. And I think, and it, this is so hard and I don't really know how to approach this, but I touched on it earlier. Like, I wish I could have tried to just be his friend. Mm-hmm. I wish I could have tried to be more friends with my bullies. Now, more of the bullying I went through in in middle school and high school, I think I would have taken the first, first approach of just ignore it because it was just name calling. It It's stuff I should have just ignored. Um, you know, I didn't get in any physical altercations in high school other than uh but really just nothing no no bully ever like tried to fight me um yeah or anything like that um but yeah i i think i if i could go back to to that specific person i'd try to be a friend instead of pushing back i'd be like he's calling me an idiot i'd be like I, I, you know, whatever. Yeah, sure. I don't, uh, whatever. And then just like, be like, what, why do you think, think I'm an idiot? Like kind of thing. And, you know, just talk to him. Mm-hmm. All right. Yep. So I said, we, that's how those, are the troubleshoot, those are the troubleshooting steps. Try the nice method. Try to turn it into a compliment to like appease their own ego. If that's a, yeah. I say don't don't do that one too much. Not to not to take anything away from Blake, but like if if them being a narcissist is already why they're bullying you, then honest sometimes you know feeding more into it will make it make it worse. Um, same with like you know as I said, you know don't. Let's well, more ignore them than just compliment them. That's that's one thing he was doing, but like it's more just ignore it. Mm-hmm. They're not going to keep picking on you if they don't get that reaction that it, right. it'll stop eventually. And if it doesn't, then yeah. try something else. But the biggest thing I think we should tell kids is talk to someone. Yeah. 
Yes. Don't hold it in. Yeah. As a kid, you feel like you you have to hold everything in because you'll feel weak, especially as a boy yeah. being a kid. Um, I can't speak to the experience of being a girl as a kid mm-hmm. for obvious reasons. I, uh, but, but tell someone, tell talk, someone. talk to your parents about it. If you can't talk to your parents, find a teacher you can talk to about it. If you're feeling if you're, really ballsy, I've done this before. I've said some shit to their parents. Yeah. Like just if you're feeling ballsy about it, because like they definitely don't want to get yelled at their mom and dad. Like just oh dude at the at the freaking uh end of school year picnic mm-hmm. just say some stuff to their parents in front of everyone mm-hmm. they won't even look at you yeah again so because like, now they definitely don't have to do do with their shit with their parent like I mean it's um yeah these are all good strategies and yeah especially kids like don't do what I if you're our kid listening to it, or you're, if you're letting your kid listen to this episode do not do what I did. Do not try. There's nothing to prove at 15. Like don't don't try and force your way through a situation that you hate. Like if people are making you feel like crap and it, and none of this works, leave. Again, the last last strategy, leave. Like you have nothing to prove. I know I should have left earlier, and I wouldn't have grudges this right now. I I think that is the most important strategy is like just leave, mm-hmm. just ignore them and leave. Right. That should be the first strategy. If somebody's making fun of you and they won't quit, ignore them and leave. If they keep doing it, then tell an adult. If they get physical, whoop their ass. Cut that, cut that shit in the butt. If you, like I said, if you can't whoop their ass, don't cut them in the butt. That's illegal. That's (laughs) nip that shit in the bud, not nip them in the butt. All right, whoop their ass and just. um... If you can't whoop their ass, uh, tell an adult. Get somebody that's get gonna get somebody who can protect you if you can't do it, and then yeah. you know while they're protecting you, start doing some push-ups and whoop day ass. Yeah, <laughs> do do like a hundred push-ups a day, run a hundred miles. I don't remember what yeah. Saitama did, um, but do that. Like okay, I again, I will never avoid a plug um, to do it. I, martial arts significantly helped me, and here's the here's the irony, especially if like you're a pacifist or you're a parent who's a pacifist. I never got into a fight ever again in, in school after I started training martial arts because I had that avenue now to work out a lot of that aggression that I felt about other kids. And I was able to let shit go. Like, obviously not all the way, but just like things I wasn't as ready to fight somebody for because they said something mean to me anymore because I knew what I could do if I had to. And just having that physical activity really helped, you know, push me through a lot of that. So there's a, a very, if you're, if you're not into martial arts or you're, or you don't know anyone is, there's a big phenomenon of kids no longer getting in fights after they start training because of how much it calms you down. So if you have the ability to, I strongly recommend putting your kid in martial arts classes. Uh, a good system. Um, there are some. There are a lot of schools and systems that do more harm than good. Uh, I recommend a. I cannot recommend Brazilian Jiu Jitsu enough. If you know a good boxing gym, yeah, boxing's great do. as well. Just make sure you're putting them in actual boxing classes, not like a cardio kickboxing for fitness. Yeah. Like take them to a boxing gym. You don't have to make them become. They don't have to become a pro boxer. You don't have to sign your kid. They don't even fight. have to fight. Yeah, but. Take them to a boxing gym where they're going to be taught how to box, not give them a workout with gloves on. Like boxing, 
Muay Thai if you can. Uh, again, I can I will never not say Brazilian Jiu Jitsu just because it's really good for for kids. There's an entire program in the Elio Gracie lineage called um, Gracie Bully Proofing, and it has been used as a tool to teach kids how to go overcome bullying because of it's not just them. It's not just teaching them how to fight. It's also incorporating a lot of, you know, problem solving and, um, and, and just, you know, anti-bullying tactics we've, we've talked about today in one way or another into the training. And then if things do get physical, okay, they have a way to defend themselves without having to necessarily bludgeon the other kid into a pulp. Because Brazilian just is all about grappling, you know, and taking your opponent down and putting them in, you know, uh, bad posi- uh, uh, putting yourself in a dominant position, um, things of that nature. So I also feel you- like when you train, you you know that you can handle yourself, so you don't jump right to it. Yeah, like you were saying, absolutely. it's like when 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 people are getting physical with you and bullying you, and and you've been training and you've been going to boxing or Brazilian Jiu Jitsu or whatever you've been doing, you're gonna be like, yo, man. Stop. Yeah. I th- this yeah. doesn't have to get physical, but I will defend myself. Yeah. It, and and cuz you know what it's like to be in that situation and yeah. and, and and it calms you. It, you you a lot of people anywhere you're at, if you're at a good school for anything, they're going to tell you this is not the first response to anything. Right. But now you're not afraid of things getting too bad cuz you know, all right, if things go if things go that route, I have a solution here. And also, you're more likely to act rashly when you're scared. Yeah. Or irrationally. Yeah. Yeah, irrationally. You're, I, I guess I meant brashly, mm-hmm. not rashly. Oh. <laughs> Rationally, I, I meant like brashly. But yeah. Um, also, just um, we, self-confidence is a big thing to help get over bullying. We kind of talked about it, but it's also there's a, necess- there's a necessity about knowing when to just kind of kind of laugh things off. Um Kind of touched on a little bit, but there are some situations they're not worth a nice method. They're just worth, you know, if someone tells a joke at your expense, sometimes just laugh at the joke and just, I do whatever. Like, it's just, I would, again, again, as we mentioned, it's not always about bullying. Sometimes people think they're being funny or clever and they're not, you know. So knowing when to not react, it's just as important as when knowing, knowing, when to react like no one wants to be friends with the guy who blows up and is ready to throw hands or call corporate at every given infraction you know yeah after one joke when nothing's ever been said like nobody wants to be friends with that person yeah again like again we again there everything is no has their circumstances if that one joke you know was talking about your dead wife all right well yeah i understand not taking that too well um so you're recently dead wife or something like that. But, you know, if it's, it's just something, if one, if something didn't go too well or, or you could interpret it this way, but somebody told a joke about a rabbi, a priest and a homeless guy. Yeah. It just no one to know when not reacting is just as important as reacting. You know, sometimes it is just worth ignoring or just laugh it off. Because that way they will realize you did not, they did not get the reaction that they wanted. So no further actions are going to happen. I definitely agree. And then follow us, fellas. Fuck them up. All right, I'm done. <laughs> Dan really just wants everybody to fight everybody. <laughs> Dan's trying battle royale style. 
I'm gonna take all the bullies and all the wimpy kids, and I'm gonna put them in. A, <laughs> I'm gonna put them in a cage match, yeah. and uh, the wimpy kids get Stone Cold Steve Austin. All the bullies, like all, all the wimpy kids, is going to get you know an entire year of daily MMA training, and all the uh, wimp, uh, all the bullies are going to get an entire year of nothing but eating lard and Crisco and watching like Three Stooges movies, and a year later. <laughs> The kid's going to show up. <laughs> and it's a cage match. Yeah. And and the cage is electrified for some reason. Exactly. And there's weird baby dolls hanging from the ceiling. And <laughs> yeah. for some saying, reason, there's a vulture. cryptic shit. Like, oh, no, you can't pass here. Like, what? what pass here? What does that mean? And to say nothing to make eye contact? Like, just the entire time. The Undertaker comes back for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> Because do- he's been gone for a while again, and <laughs> don't do any of that last stuff. Unless you want to bring Undertaker with you. I mean, I'm, I don't know many situations where Undertaker showing up will not work in your favor. So, uh, if you want to do everything except that, except every don't, don't do anything except bring Undertaker with you. That's great. You're just like show up to your school, and you're just like you think picking on me was funny yesterday, didn't you? You thought pushing me in the hallway was funny, didn't you? And then the lockers just bust open, and and they're just like, and returning to the match, the Undertaker. And then this kid just gets like suplexed into the ground. Yeah, you know, I wasn't going to go with the suplex. I just figured the Undertaker would scare him off. We can go with your route too, I guess. Just saying, like Undertaker showing up to eighteen. It's okay. Undertaker shows you anything, and it's, it's going to make it. Undertaker shows up behind you with your when you go and talk to your douchey boss. Uh, it's going to be is that the Undertaker? Yeah. So what were you saying about how I just don't cut it here, dude? The Undertaker shows up while I'm taking a deuce. Like <laughs> I'm leaving. <laughs> I'm done, sir. I, I'm, I'm going I'm to a different bathroom in the building to wipe. That's how scared <laughs> I am. <laughs> Undertaker, Undertaker shows up while you at the BMV, just getting your tags. Like you know what you know, what? I think that fee is too high. You know, yeah, we should we should definitely lower that. Like, are you here to just have this sticker? I, I, I'll cover the fee myself, man. We 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 the government. We got enough money. You know what I'm saying? All right, I'm done. Uh, <laughs> all right, guys. Hopefully you enjoyed our episode. Um, it's always a pleasure. We love that you guys listen to us. Uh, again, still haven't gotten any emails. I, it's up on the website. Let us know if you have any feedback. We're happy to touch on some things that you guys want to hear us touch on. Uh, any last thoughts, Dan? Fuck them up. Oh, okay. Fuck them up. All right. Bring the Undertaker and fuck them <laughs> up. Have him suplex all your bullies. Uh, all right, guys. Keep it weird.